Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, oh! premium live events, we have interviews, oh. right? Table discussions and a round of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to dynamite and an international feel to tonight's show. I'm expecting and hoping, but mainly expecting an absolute white hot cauldron of an atmosphere. The Great White North. The Great White North. On Canadian Stampede on Wednesday nights on TBS. Like these boys know how to make noise. Toronto's always been one of the great wrestling crowds. It's the first time they're getting AEW. And as much as I've had problems with the promotion, even though they're not entering, they're not going th- over the border in scintillating 2021 form or whatever, it's still really good, sometimes great. A bit dry. The thought and the spark and the freshness isn't there for me. It has faded. It's a bit dry, but it's still very, 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 very good. And I think that audience will be going oh. absolutely crazy for it. And I'm really hoping they are. I need that energy. I need that energy to bring me into it a little bit more. Uh, ultimately, I've got reservations about the CAD um, in that, look, this is where I will probably reveal myself to be a hypocrite. Because after several months and months and months and months and months, so CM Punk's in action on Dynamite tonight. Great. The greatest will in the world, him versus Max Caster, is incredibly predictable. It's not that good a match, and it's basically setting up for a promo. And at some point this year, I've kind of realized I'm a little bit bored of the Dynamite formula. Let's have some more All-Star stuff, please. Er, I didn't say beat Brian Danielson twice. <laughs> <laughs> I did not recall saying at any point beat Brian Danielson twice. So I've got concerns about the wrong kind of drama being engineered. But we'll get to that when we get to that match. Yeah, I'm excited about um, as much to do with like where Dynamite is tonight. The dynamics are going to be all up for grabs because, of course, this is AEW's debut in Bizarro World. <laughs> um, so who knows who's going to get cheered and booed. But either um, Canada is great. Toronto, there's always been a kinship, I think, beyond Commonwealth nonsense between Canadian fans and British fans. And I think there's, it's a different atmosphere. You can just feel it. It's just a different atmosphere. Yeah. And AEW, 
like WWE did this. Like the best example is SummerSlam 1992. The best thing you can do when your product is feeling a little bit soft is just take it somewhere else that wants it more. Mm. And uh, like I think it will honestly work wonders for the vibe. How often do we start a Dynamite review with well the vibe was right? So the whole show was great because the vibe was right. I think they're in good hands in that respect with uh, maybe less so with Rampage, actually, but certainly with Dynamite. They're in good hands taking this to Toronto. And it almost, while yes, if you're a Canadian, if you're a Torontonian and you were looking forward to this, you would have wanted AEW coming in in white hot form. In reality, for the night, you get to make it look like it is. Yeah. As a fan watching just from the outside, I'm really pleased they're somewhere else. And it's not just that they're in Canada, it's that typically they're going to repeat markets all the time. So when the product's not hot and that market is feeling burnt out, it's a bit of a double whammy. This has double the whammy. This has the opportunity to be uh, an opposite tonight, and all the more welcome as a TV show. All right, and thinking they're taping Rampage tomorrow night. I think. I think yeah. they're doing Wednesday, Thursday in that's Toronto, right, yeah. um, which is good. Obviously, we'll talk about Rampage on a Rampage preview on Friday, but that's just good. I think for the for the whole look of the show and the mood and the energy as well for that. There was also a really nice line on the road to from. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli referencing the whole Bizarro World thing, where he's like, yeah, sometimes they get accused of that, but uh, or that they have differing opinions. I don't agree with that, and I'm lucky because they just like good wrestling. So <laughs> That is it, yeah. It's bad booking. It's Bizarro booking rather yeah. than Bizarro World. Why, as to why that this re- person, man? Because they, yeah. They're better. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. They're not seals who've been told <laughs> what to, who to cheer or whatever. Like it's the certain. Yanks, like you've just said. I never specifically... Uh, so it is. Uh, Chris Jericho defending the Ring of Honor Championship, of course, against Brian Danielson with the sort of elephant in the room being Daniel Garcia and where his allegiances lie. But uh, obviously, Chris Jericho has, uh, well, uh, d- demanded that he's going to tarnish the legacy of Ring of Honor. They're there. They're in Canada. They're in Toronto, Sige. So I suppose you could say... This is not about diplomacy. This is about dignity. <laughs> Wanka. Wanka. Inside baseball, I'm looking at the soundboard. It's usually got this very colourful array of buttons on the four pages of stupid noises that we folded into our patter. I've just looked at it Nate, two minutes ago and thought, all right, he's got a new one. He's got a new one because I can see one red button and the rest are greys. It's uh, page five. Fifth page, you're onto the fifth page. So, oh my God. Because again, this is not about diplomacy. This is about dignity. <laughs> We're just putting over Captain. Like this is a real kinship. Hey, assholes! <laughs> you speak. You speak funny. At what culture wrestling? Suck it. Suck my gag. Well, used to can't claim any kinship, Commonwealth or otherwise. But as a Geordie, I can. Ah, here's something. A bit of uh, link. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound like you're about to make it up. It's something I just thought about, actually. <laughs> Here's a bit of a linguistic quirk shared by the Canadians Ooh. and the fine folk of Newcastle upon Tyne and Gates. I don't know if the Mackhams do this, mm. but certainly. <laughs> the venom, as he oh, said, Mackhams. Gross. It's gross, isn't it? Shut up, man. Certainly. His wife's a son of a I mean, she's not a Mackham, there's a difference. <laughs> she's from South Tyneside, not. We are saved with your cheesy chips. <laughs> <laughs> Canadians and the Newcastle and Gate said lot both say about is a boot. Mm-hmm. It's a boot time. <laughs> Hamlet shut up about six in a row. Just <laughs> as an example. Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm Canadian, really. If anything. If anything, <laughs> actually. Um, it's Brett. It's Brett. Brett made us all Canadians. He did. That's what it was. He like, did. it's Brett. He did. Do you see a boot? 
Do I? Uh, well, I don't. Sunderland. Do Sunderland people say it? Yeah, yeah, I'd I say because so. there's um, it's that double O sound. You get, you get my one of my kids started saying book, book, yeah, which I don't say. You I say, say book, book, yeah. Where are you from originally? Books, uh, Scarborough. Scarborough, 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 and born in the Midlands, so that's all over the shop. Do you go to school in Scarborough? Yeah, I'm going to throw a name out to you at the end oh. of this podcast. Okay, <laughs> it's one of those ones. Are you from a? Uh, you know, France. <laughs> yeah. Because I know... You know okay. Anyway, shut up. Yeah. This match. Kind of uh, worried about it, actually. Yeah. I don't want to play a game of... How are they going to job out Brian Danielson for the second time in as many months? Ah, oh, it was a pit view, wasn't it? Yeah, to Chris Jericho. Don't want to play that game. I don't want to play that game. And this is, again, is it... Has AEW kind of lost its letters... Let it play out privileges. How many times, even in this sort of middling era of AEW, have we thought, oh, they're going to crap the bed on this? Mm. And then they didn't. And he just needed three extra weeks to, crazily enough, let them tell the long-term story <laughs> that we are sort of analyzing in the middle of it. But they've just launched the Ocho gimmick. They've just established something on television, which they, 99 times out of 100, tend to follow through. That being, first of all, he's got the T-shirts to flog. They've got this Ocho thing to sell. And they've just said that the intent here is for Chris Jericho to defend against as many former ROH champions as possible so that he can lay claim to being the best ROH champion and basically say, well, it's all nothing compared to my great sports entertainment wizardry and all the rest of it. It would be some... Red Herring to do all of that, to launch a catchphrase, to launch merchandise and all the rest of it, for then Danielson to win. Yeah. Even if, that's the thing, that there's no good result here, and I'm worried about that. I don't want Danielson to lose twice to Jericho, and I'm not one of these uh, Jericho. Like, I think Jericho's been in absolutely scintillating form. He's been great. I say it all the time. It's unfashionable to like Chris Jericho. I don't care. I'm 37. I'm not trying to get Julian Casablanca's hair <laughs> in the indie clubs and pretend I don't like certain bands anymore. I'm 37 years old. I don't give a toss about being a contrarian, sarcastic arsehole on Twitter like some people. Chris Jericho's <laughs> been in fine form. You're yeah. allowed to admit yeah. that. Grow up. So it's not the Jericho <laughs> thing specifically that I'm a little bit put out by. <laughs> it's, and I know Brian Danielson doesn't mind losing. I mind him losing on his mm. behalf. He could be undefeated in this promotion is the top star and it would be great maybe a little bit better than what we've been getting out of Danielson so far I'm not convinced at this point looking at his numbers that look I know that the line is big high and it goes down a little bit until the main event and that's a problem across the board with all wrestling even mm -hmm. when the ratings are good there is that trend and Garcia has been in the main event quite a bit the guy's in his mid-twenties and it's not as if Brian Danielson is 50 and on the way out like you can do this in the third year of his contract. Tell the story with Brian Danielson in the third year of Brian Danielson's contract. That would be great. Get all the juice you can out of the fruit before you then start really thinking about the next guy who's going to be his successor. I've been delighted with his progress. Um, Garcia's phenomenal in the ring. Seems like the coolest guy. So I almost feel bad criticizing the way that they are seemingly building a big part of the promotion or Tony Khan's sandbox at this point around him. Um, 
and using Danielson as a device to facilitate that. I don't think Danielson should be used as a device in somebody else's long-term story at this point in time. Mm. So I don't want him to lose. And at the same time, if he just simply wins, then the parameters of the storyline have kind of been squandered because it's all a bit rushed and anticlimactic. You fantasy booked like four Ring of Honor champions to lose. Yeah, it's it's too soon for Jericho to lose and it's a bad idea just in general to have Danielson lose again. So there's going to be potent drama in this match because it's kind of hard to predict in a way of, I don't know why you would book it. And this is a sort of a sign of the company's wider creative decline. If they confronted me with something like this, this time last year, I would just be fantasy booking whichever masterstroke that they've got up their sleeve and being feverishly like excited about it. And I just don't feel like doing that because I look the match will be very, very good yeah. at a minimum. It's hard to say oh, it's gonna be great at this because they've had uneven form throughout what is been their trilogy at this point. Second match great. First one was a bit wanky. Um, this one, they've probably learned the lessons from the first. They did it for the second, and the atmosphere should be absolutely off the charts. But I'm going to be watching this just more anxious than really full-blooded excited. For the record, I think Jericho wins, and I just threw chicanery as well. And I know he has to because it's his character, but... Eh. I am feverishly excited to offer a fantasy booking prediction on this. I'm going wild, because I too share Sidgwick's concerns over the arrangement of this match. So I really tried to think about what would make it super dramatic... What would uh, what would have the win register, but the defeat not was what I was trying to aim for because I too think Jericho will win. But how do you kind of it's a bit WWE this? But how do you mask Danielson's loss yeah. as something that people, him. that people want to talk about? That people want to be shocked by the drama, and this almost feels at this point too. I think this is blowing my own trumpet. Here, this feels too big or too out there for a simple AEW television main event. But I'm just going to pitch it anyway. Last week. Garcia saw Chris Jericho cheating and how it still gets results. And I believe, obviously, that was there for us to spend a week thinking, ah, Garcia is actually going to stay on the dark side because he's had to learn the lesson the hard way. He's teamed with Brian. He got to live his dream. But, Mm -hmm. like, Chris Jericho showed him that, no, actually, like, the reality is you want to cheat, you want to win, you want to get on. Um, I think that is a red herring. But I think on the very same episode we were showing the finish here, I think tonight Wheeler Utah turns heel on the Blackpool Combat Club. So two, oh. point, two points here, right? Three, actually, now I think about it. Number one, Willie loses last week to MJF, the, the biggest cheat in the game, the dirty trickster, the guy who was like, owned him on the microphone, owned him in the ring. Like, ultimately bring it to question, what are the methods of the Blackpool Combat Club worse, if, like, worth if I'm still dying on my ass out there, right? Then uh, Chris Jericho wins in the main event after Daniel Garcia leaves a sports entertainment guy to be a Blackpool Combat Club guy for the night, and he loses too. So Yuta's left scratching his head being, hang on a second. And then he remembers, three or four weeks ago, how when Yuta took the pure title, Brian came in the ring, his supposed mate, and strapped him up and was yeah. like, hey, this is a cool guy, isn't he? And he sat there frowning and gone, wait a second. I, was, mm. I thought I bled with you. I thought I bled for you. The dynamic of Yuta and um, Garcia for the pure title at the pay-per-view is cool because they've already done it in Ring of Honor. And the chem- AEW as well. Well, but the chemistry, the heel babyface switch, as yeah, we know, is that, he's out, fresh he's out there as this thing. That's the finish. I really like, like and it, I know that's the kind of wild thing they don't do on TV much anymore. It was more they had to do it more in the formative stages to get people on the hook for stuff. But I think that's, I think that could be a play. I like that. Call me WWE brain, call me smooth brain. I'm just going for the <laughs> obvious thing here. That is, uh, Chris Jericho retains the Ring of Honor Championship. Daniel Garcia has always been. Uh, part of the JAS. It was just a ruse. 
for the reasons you guys have laid out in previous weeks of like, you say that I need to break away and make it out there for myself, and yet you didn't even let me say that. He never officially got the baby face turned, did he? Because Daniel mm. just went, yeah, he's all right. Actually. He's with me. Yeah. yeah. So I think he's just going to screw Brian Danielson, you know, clobber him with the belt or whatever it may be. Jericho gets a victory, celebrates it like he's got a legitimate victory, says, oh, 2-1, right now we're never fighting again, me and you. And then you just set up uh, Garcia and Danielson for the pure title for the pape. You know what would be trademark peak AEW thought is if this Wheeler Utah prophecy does come true. What if they'd paired him against MGF, knowing he's going to get slaughtered um, on the microphone and people are going to probably think less of him after this by meticulous design so that Jericho can say something to the effect of, you need me, you've got no personality, you're getting... I'll smarten you up, kid. I'll smarten you up, kid. Mm. You've just been getting absolutely blasted by MJF on the microphone. Come with me, learn all those... The MJF uh, a box scene with a tribute to the Jericho one. Yeah, it? yeah, leave those like idiots behind. I'll show you the dark arts of how to really get over that sort of thing. So that could be something. Mm. Switching gears to the other title match tonight, which makes me a little bit concerned... Anxiety that starts creeping in now that I never used to have when it comes to AEW. Not tonight, Will. Not tonight. Is is the uh, is the the, the All Atlantic Championship match because I've literally just booked cheating in one match and in the other one the guy who's champion Sige seemingly cheats all the time. He cheated back to back on Rampage and Bell built. Uh, will he cheat again tonight? Ah, uh, he'll try and he'll fail. He'll try and he'll fail. At this point, I think that. AEW, they're not in this insular, oh, we've got a bit off the boil creatively and it's not quite as fun or as creative as it used to be. Don't That doesn't necessarily equal complete idiots who've lost the plot entirely and don't know what they're doing. I don't necessarily agree that Pac should have used the hammer against Trent and Alex Reynolds, even if he had the 40 minutes to get through. But at the same time, they know that people will sell all of their stock in Orange Cassidy if he doesn't win tonight. And with all the will in the world, it's only the All-Atlantic title. And the double-edged sword is, if they can give him that, then it's just a nice little thing where they're not really committing to going all-in on Orange Cassidy. But at the same time, the belt is so what it is that if he can't even get that, how are you ever meant to take seriously the idea of him one day winning the AEW world title which mm. I think is gone at this point completely gone but I think it's a nice little consolation um, to recognise how over he's been how much merch he's sold how many people like to dress up on him how he's like a really enduring sentimental figure in the promotion and they didn't fork out for Jane for nothing they've just taken their sweet time doing something with it <laughs> this is the thing and you know what? It's one of those, again, I've criticized Triple H all the time, and unfortunately, Tony Khan is borrowing from it, doing a series of bad or redundant things to theoretically deepen the excitement of the good thing that follows. I think they've completely done the hammer stuff to excess. Pointlessly so, because I think Pac being as skilled as he is, that's good enough to beat. Mm. That's good enough to beat. Um, but Orange Cassidy wins... I think the failure to cheat via the hammer is going to make for a cracking near fall. He's going to get hammered in the face, and he's going to very lazily 
do the leg hits the bottom rope. Something very creative rather than just a 2.999 kick out, but we'll probably get some of those as well. I really always really liked, sorry to interrupt, I always really liked the Owens one finger on the rope from yeah, uh, Mania against Jericho. It's the way it mirrored the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the Fessler the friendship. Yeah. yeah. But like I if, love that as a, they're very lazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> if Casty can do that, I just think it'd be a really great in character way of building the drama of a near fall. Put a thumb on his bottom rope now. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. That would be that good. Would be nice, isn't it? Ultimately, this will be electrifying. Um, genuinely, my only concern is that because of the glorious tradition of the Hart family, and I understand it's kind of a different audience, but not really because it's predominantly millennial males who've grown up on Brett and Owen and loving them. And, you know, they do like to just be a little bit contrarian at times, even if it's not just, well, we're just going to cheer Daniel Bryan and CM Punk because they're great and not the people <laughs> who are forced down our throats. Um, maybe they'll just gravitate towards Pac because he embodies just absolutely incredible technical wrestling. He just happens to have advanced it. And they might go with Pac. It might be more 50-50 yeah. than what I'm getting at. Because I'll Dynamite think, oh, kid, heart family hybrid type of guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I think they might actually gravitate towards Pac a little bit, which might undo the great sentimental feeling of Orange Cassidy finally being mm. legitimized as a wrestler through winning a title, which is what it's all meant to be about. And you've got, presumably, we were talking about this in the office earlier, I think Ethan Page is going to be in action on Rampage. He's doing something with Matt Hardy to potentially set him up as the next challenger, because that's what he's always been going after. And it just makes the dynamic a lot easier, obviously, with a babyface as champion. I think my main concern going into this handful is one of the, the big weapons in Orange Cassidy's arsenal is the DDT, and whether or not Pac will be able to sell that well enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been unbelievable the last few weeks, that, hasn't it? Yeah, he's... Like, and I think that like only helps Orange Cassidy in terms of rebuilds, not the word, but in <coughs> terms of making him feel as credible as he ever did on this night when he's going to win. I will never make the comparison between the two wrestlers I'm allowed to compare Orange Cassidy and Pac to, but there is something to the the drama and the heat potentially of remember Dolph Ziggler's last chance against the Miz, yeah, like and how they just nailed that in terms of its presentation back then, 2016, whenever it was. Um, they'll get that tonight with Orange Cassidy. They've kind of arrived. At, it, they've not out loud said it's his last chance, but it certainly feels it, not for a title, but for a win. Feels like the last chance yes. to get a big win. As you say, Cedric, before people just sell a stock, before people like, right, he is just a novelty guy and nothing more, because for the longest time it didn't feel like that. Why I think he might earn the cheers that are right out of 2019, early 2020 tonight is that AW, and we feel this in the UK, right? AW has never yet come to the UK, and it's going to Canada for the first time tonight. And the characters that were big in 2019 and that we were expecting to see in 2020 before the pandemic will still resonate when they go somewhere new. Those like AW originals, I know it's only a three-year-old company, so that maybe sounds a bit sentimental, but those originals mm. that fans have either never seen or would never imagine they would see on such a huge platform like a national television show. They're get they're going to get reactions and MJF and Orange Cassidy, uh, like the books and like Kenny Omega, if they were still around or whatever. I just think they're going to resonate more than all the new stars mm. that have come in since Canada. Like you can imagine, Canada. There would be kids in Canada and adults that have been desperately waiting for Orange Cassidy to come to town so they can dress up as him. Yeah, and it doesn't matter that it's not 2019 or 2020 anymore. They've just been waiting for that. So I think that might help. Um, Orange Cassidy's cause a little bit in terms of Pac not getting the cheers. And I think it'll be a lovely moment as well. The All-Atlantic title changing hands in Canada is useful for the branding of that belt because I really thought they were onto something with Pac defending it at, like, Indies in like in England and things like that. And they just... It's been dropped a bit, hasn't it, you know? But, like, that... Whatever it is that you can... 
whatever the prestige of the All Atlantic title is, however you can maintain that. There's a Maple Leaf flag on the belt, I think. Whatever you can do to make every that, flags on it. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you can do to make that belt feel more than nout is yeah. impressive, and I think they might get that here. I think there's a good before we move on very quickly. Sorry, there's a good scope for like a theme of the night where they've been going systematic cheating, systematic cheating, systematic cheating. There's been this big keyword. They're not dropping it for no reason. They open with this, mm. and Orange Cassidy overcomes the cheating to win, which I think most expect to happen. They could sell the main event as, oh, well, maybe all of that bollocks is over. And titles are changing hands tonight. The good guys, the yeah. good guys are coming yeah. over, so maybe that could inform the heft of the main event and then theoretically make it cut all the worse when Jericho hits over the title belt. <laughs> Before we move on, um, how would... The, so if the, you put that at the beginning of the show, so how would the show open? That's all right, okay. I'm okay, just trying sorry, to... Yeah, 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 just trying to uh, right, okay, I'm just trying to get it right in my head. Boom, let's go, ignite. In a flash of light. In a flash of light. In a flash of You know what I mean? Jam, 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 jam. You think it's all over for you and me, huh? And then Pax music hits, and then the main event, it'll be... I want you to see my mind. That's the main event. There you go. No notes. One note. Uh... Jericho was trying to use Judas to sell tickets to Rampage. They're getting line art tonight, aren't they? He's like, oh, yeah. you have to come to Rampage if you want to sing Judas. Bloody Please buy a ticket. What a work, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, one other thing. I, I mean, he's a worker, but I kind of think they asked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was his choice. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
One thing I'm desperate to know your thoughts on, obviously, Toronto, Christian, Canada, blah, blah, blah. We've got this grudge match between uh, between Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. How do you see it going? I think this could be all right on the night, you know. I know we've not been that high on um, just where they've chosen, I guess, post Christian's turn on Jungle Boy, where they've chosen to do the things they've done, the turn of Luchasaurus felt where the character just doesn't feel like it can exist. Luchasaurus, and you had to try this to know, but Luchasaurus as a heel doesn't feel like he's a dinosaur. <laughs> like and he's not a dinosaur, and the whole point of that is you buy into it as a baby face. There's a little bit of like we're all in on the gag, and if a heel's livid because they're fighting a dinosaur, they should be the ones to say he's not a dinosaur, and we all go, yeah, he is. Get him, hit him with tail. You know, like you're supposed to be in on this joke. It's Ezekiel, like yes. Ezekiel saying like turning heel, and then be like, uh, I'm Elias's brother. You know, you prick. You're Elias. Yeah. That kills it. Yeah. That's kind of where they're at with Luchasaurus. Um, and worse still, a lot of his work as a heel has been patterned on Kane, and Kane's awful. So yeah, just <laughs> the worst. Two big L's here. But Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus will have probably, you'd like to think, uh, imagined what this match would be like for many, many years. They'll have probably had this match training, running drills against each other, all that kind of thing. And this is a proper platform. This might be even a bigger sort of stage than they ever would have imagined getting this kind of match. So... Yeah, I think it'll be all right in the night. I think it'll, I think it'll feel very dramatic. Again, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, examples of people that Canada will have been waiting for. They maybe just imagine they were getting a boy and his dinosaur, and it's slightly different. But Jungle Boy's theme is going to like pop off. I'd, I think the atmosphere will be good. The vibe will be right. Christian's going to be awesome. Vibe like, is right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Christian's going to be fantastic. Uh, what I think he's going to do is he's going to do something like uh, I'm here in Toronto. These are my people, and turn himself heel. Like, he's going to be so obnoxious that he's going to turn himself heel for the cause of Luchasaurus, thinking that he's going to get this, like, hero's welcome, and then everyone's going to sing along to Jungle Boy's theme, and he's going to fume and be It's a lot of faith in Jungle Boy. Maybe. That is a lot of but faith But he has done Jungle the, like, the, that's why I got the hell out of here and moved to Florida. Yeah, stuff before, yeah. and it goes down really well, doesn't it? So I think that will help. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be a furnace, but I think it'll be heated, and Jungle Boy probably needs the win because, like, the size disparity will, again, it'll be a bit of a desperate grab to try and tell us all that he's a main eventer, even if we don't feel it anymore. Like, I want to believe that Jungle Boy can beat Christian and be elevated by it, and I'm not there yet. Maybe a Luchasaurus win will help. This or win is, over Luchasaurus, sorry. Yeah, this is the one, again, this is the second one, the segment on match, that is, where I'm waiting for the penny to drop. I'm wondering too much about what they're actually bloody thinking of, to be honest, rather than getting excited. So you've got Christian, unless he's doing the best version of Outwork Everyone yet, with a bloody broken arm or whatever it is, out for several months. Significant injury. So there's that. And then you've got a kind of a thin roster. Like, no one's fantasy booking a 16-match all-out uh, full gear card at this point. They're just not. This feels like, all right, okay, well, this could go to the pape. It's not going to the pape unless it's getting stipped up, but the, surely it's not that hot mm. to get stipped up. No one's that into it. And I like the stay of the course, and it's not too chaotic, but regardless, it just feels like if you're going to do it, maximize the novelty of a first-time meeting between the former tag teams. Like, don't rely on this um, getting a stipped-up rematch. The interest isn't going to be there. And it's in Toronto. Is that where Christian Cage is actually from? I know, yeah. Yeah. Certainly where he's always been billed as being from. Yeah. yeah. Was he at WrestleMania 6 with or in the same building as Edge? Or was he it might just have been Edge? in the building. I know Edge was definitely there. I know Edge was definitely yeah. there. But, regardless. but they've always said Toronto. At WrestleMania 18 in Toronto, Christian was doing the old, oh, I live in Tampa now. Yeah. Like in DDP because he was the baby face. Yeah. yeah. So 
Jungle Boy's cold as a baby face, let's face it. Mm. There are at least 10 baby faces who are hotter. He was getting threatened with what chance last week. In fact, received what chance not too long ago. So a cool baby face, hostile territory, burning through a match that I thought would have made pay-per-view, if nothing else, just to get past a few more weeks on the way to Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. There's going to be a penny drop moment here, or they've really drastically misthought this. And I would love to think that they haven't drastically misthought two significant things on what should be a show making the first visit of a town. You really don't want to kill. Mm. I don't know. Do you think he gets revenge? He gets revenge. This is, but then, I touch, like you uh, said, I, I don't know how they get it to, get it to the pape. Or, or, or what happens with the Christian Cage thing? He goes away for a bit? I, or, like, I really I, like the idea. I, I hope it's... I hope it's the case. Obviously, I'll never wish injury on anyone. I really hope he's outworking everyone with his I injury. I think that is the case. I think they'd, like, they've put that thing on on purpose to throw you off the centre of the pay-per-view match coming sooner than you think. And I think they've they've said, rest can say what it likes, can't it? Like they've said eight months and it was always two. And it's, it was always on the docket for full gear and they've just tried to throw you off and tonight is the night. I'd love that. Does the doink and pulls the cast off and he's absolutely fine and he just destroys Jungle Boy here. Of course, the problem with that is because they don't tend to publicly revealed injuries, natures, extents, all the rest of it. You won't be able to take any injury seriously yeah. after the fact. Yeah. I don't care. I want to be worked. Mm. I want to see Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy. If only because I don't want this to go on and on and on and on and on because it's already been going on and on and on yeah. and on and on. Um, yeah, all very strange, this, waiting for a masterstroke. Just waiting patiently for a masterstroke from this company. I've seen them do very good wrestling over the last however many weeks. I've seen them do great wrestling over the past however many weeks, I haven't felt a, oh my God, masterstroke from AEW for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Tony Storm, the interim AEW Women's Champion, uh, teaming up with Hikaru Shida against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Uh, only one women's match advertised so far for Dynamite. We, we live in hope, though, that maybe a Jade Cargill match or something will get chucked on there. I'm not, I'm not holding my breath about yeah, it or anything. I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Sige, is this? Uh, w- how do you see this one playing out? We're, we're, we're constantly, it seems, going. Is this the week that Jamie Hayter does the thing, or or not? There'll certainly be a tease in that direction, or will they? Because they are clearly telling you that they're going to do Soraya versus Britt Baker at the pay per view. We know from Meltzer's report that she's been cleared. That was fairly, that was foreshadowed well enough on Dynamite before um, last week's Observer dropped. So, I don't know. Um, you might get a tease of it. If nothing else, it's probably be- uh, good to re-emphasize the fact that they still have this sort of not August 2021 relationship because it could cast out over the finish and get people a fantasy book and you can work spots around Hater and Baker in the Soraya match to drive the drama of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you might get a tease, but not like an actual split makes no sense to do the split when the Soraya thing's happening because if nothing else, I think Soraya's more over than Paige, at least within the arenas among the most ardent of AEW fans. Obviously, there's a more ca- there is a more casual audience. I'm not saying there's 6 million lapsed Midian fans waiting to come back, <laughs> like some bad faith actors like to suggest. But certainly the sentiment in those arenas, I think we all feel, is that Jamie Hayter, they want her to be the biggest star in the women's division. And if she... Turns, you'd get a Jericho Billy Gunn situation where if you watched 
the WWF of 1999, and I'm assuming the vast majority of you did, but if you didn't, what happened is that they were building the Rock versus Billy Gunn for SummerSlam 99 as the semi-main beneath the world title triple threat. And it was, really? Billy Gunn. He just wasn't, incredibly enough, in 2022, <laughs> it stands as sacrilege to say that Billy Gunn wasn't that over as a singles guy in the prime of his career. And then what happened is that Chris Jericho debuted. And I was like, give us The Rock versus Chris Jericho at SummerSlam. <laughs> what are you doing? That was uh, Vince McMahon, even when he was the worst promoter of all time towards the end, even he realized the value of an attraction. Mm. He would overcompensate if an attraction that he planned didn't go through. And yet he was stupid enough to debut Chris Jericho in a segment with The Rock. That was before SummerSlam, wasn't it? Yeah. Can you remember thinking, oh, good, they've changed it. I remember thinking, well, like, Jericho's got to come in at the very highest level, and who else is there but The Rock? Yeah. And that's why he only cut a promo at the pay-per-view, because there wasn't an opponent that he could But were you thinking when you asked him to be a triple threat, or they're going to do Rock versus Jericho, or were you at least disappointed that? I was disappointed that that's weren't, that wasn't where they were yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jericho cut a promo on Road Dog. I was like, how has this happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? He was brought in. I was told immediately that he's, they're going to treat him like a top star. Yeah, I remember that. But ultimately, the point still stands, that if you put a really popular star and you tell the audience they could theoretically do something, as the split here would indicate, and then turn around and say, oh, not yet, we're doing Soraya first. That badly tanks Soraya, who ultimately, let's just say it's been very uneven, very mm. uneven. Yeah. Highest of highs and lowest of lows, to be mm. quite honest. Yeah. Enough to make people a little bit concerned about the direction of that character. I, wouldn't, I would tease it, do not deliver it until the Soraya thing's over and done with. Um... Soraya play a part in the finish with a na 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 and then Baker gets rolled up and then that's how you build that match god I hope not at the same time I don't want Tony Storm to lose even if she isn't taking the pin I don't like that either again waiting for a master stroke here because if Tony Storm and Sheeta simply win you have to pin Hater who's really popular or Baker who you want to believe has got a chance against Soraya if Tony Storm loses, that's bad because it's a champion. If Sheeta loses, stupid idea. People really, really like her and she sells a lot of merch. Again, waiting for the master stroke because I don't see any good finish. The match should be good though. Particularly looking forward to Sheeta and Haters exchanges. Yeah, I'm banging the match. It's uh, <laughs> multi-women cheat code yet again, featuring four like not just great workers, but like interesting ones. I'm interested in the dynamics between all of them again. Baker and Sheeta typically like over-delivered oh, bangs, together, yeah. you know. Um, everything Jamie Hayter is doing is gold at the moment. Tony Storm's on a fantastic run, so there's no reason why this match shouldn't be great. I think Jamie Hayter pins Sheeta and her, and, and Baker uses the platform, that she doesn't really deserve because Jamie Hayter's got the win, to call out Soraya and to start laying down the groundwork for them having a match. Not just, I don't like you, you don't like me, the let's start talking seriously. Like, I don't think you are cleared. Like, I said it last week, and I believe, I'm a, I'm a doctor around it, and I don't think you are cleared, and she lays out the challenge. What you do with Tony Storm after that, I don't know. Um, other than possibly, she did something else recently that I thought was odd. Or I felt like she was marginalised, sidelined, and stuff. Maybe if she was to lose here, that's how this match is happening. She was scheduled to do this. I don't know whether it was a change of plan or yeah, that's it, an injury. But they shot an angle to get her out of it, and I think Athena, Athena in. in. I, like I'd take Sheeta and Storm for a title match. Well, this is what I was going to get to. My thinking is everyone's waiting for the turn tonight, and it's not. 
on the heel side, mm. I think Shida could turn on Tony. Again, mm. out of frustration, a loss, and then one title not even necessarily, Not even necessarily maybe even a loss, just in terms of a like, oh, yeah, I get injured, you just immediately replace me, and just think, you go, oh, yeah, oh, no, I will, I, will, I will tag with you. Yeah, go on, you can ride my coattails for a match against these two. I think if I'm booking it, and again, this could again just be my WWE brain being very simple with it, you got Rebel there. Rebel tries to interfere. Soraya goes, I'm not having any of this. Clobbers her. Britt Baker goes, what are you doing? Gets into it with Soraya. That isolates Hater. It does mean Hater's going to have to take the pin, but I'm protecting her somewhat in terms of Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida team up, to hit him with some wild double team move. And then literally, as they get their arms raised, Shida just goes, oh, bollocks to this. And just clobbers her. Yeah. She's like, no, I've been waiting long enough. I want a shot at that title again. That used to be my title, and now... No one seems to remember that. We're yeah. not lines of goodies and lines of baddies in this division. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but yeah. it's it's going to be intriguing because, like you say, there's it's difficult to pick uh, who eats the pin in this and the way you lay it out. Like you say, especially if we're trying to get to Brit and Soraya and Tony and question mark for the title at the plate. Yeah, it's just like I don't know if I'm necessarily being fair to AEW throughout this podcast because there's that lethal combination of experiencing WWE as your sole, this goes for a lot of people, not just me, as your sole distributor of pro wrestling content for much of the 21st century, gives you massive distrust of creative, <laughs> yeah. and gives you what is commonly referred to as WWE brain. That, combined with, oh, AEW's made some pretty bad decisions, <laughs> and it's a bit flat and dry and repetitive. Toxic combination. And it's the women. Yeah. yeah. So typically they don't tell stories full stop. So yeah. it's like, yeah. Which also means... It's time to play the game! What is the name of that game, Michael Sidgwick? Well, the name of the game is, well, this is Ladies Night, and I'm ringing over Getting closer. They put the women in the first hour. They did, yeah. They put two matches, technically, on Rampage and Battle of the Belts. So because AEW's approach to women's wrestling is apathetic at the very best, obligatory token, my bloody have to now, <laughs> Right? We have devised, if this is your first time listening, a segment entitled, well, this is ladies night and I'm thinking what to satirize the sheer stunning predictability with which these women are marginalized and it's absolutely not on. And I would like to think that we're not taking sole credit for bringing in a star like Soraya <laughs> at great expense. Um, actually booking a simmering feud outside of the title picture between Baker and Hayter. Not bringing out the women for the only women's match at one hour, 25 minutes of there or thereabouts, <laughs> which was the joke of this segment, the satirical joke of this segment all along. I'd like to think that our voice is combined with other voices saying, right, enough's enough, this is total bollocks at this point, to enforce, enact, catalyze some of the changes that we've been seeing, which are... Well, we won't give you more than one women's match. What we'll do is we'll not kill them by putting them in the, oh, don't worry, the, the women will only be out here for a few minutes. The main event's next, so go on. You don't have to stop watching, which is honestly, brutally, horrifically the thought process. They've been switching it around. They've been allowing, graciously, the women to perform in front of a crowd that hasn't been conditioned to not care about the particular spot that they were almost invariably flung in. Get to, on, to- get to the toilet before the main event starts. Yeah, yeah, on completely dead. So they are making very small steps. Ones that I don't necessarily trust, mind you, but small steps nonetheless. 
Who won last week? That would be me. Uh, it's currently seven correct predictions for myself, three for Hamlet, four for Sidge, basically. Descending the... orders usually how you go. Why Sorry. am I last when I'm not last? Sorry, I'm reading it as as, as Adam Blair has written Well, he here. should be doing it differently. No, no, no. He shouldn't be because he's got a standardized thing. Yeah. You should be better. You get to go foist this week. I do. Uh, yeah, at Adam Wilton 4. If you want to be up on the results before the podcast tomorrow, mm. of course. I'm going to go one hour, yep, back into the second hour. They go, I think you're right. I think the, the uh, uh, what's it called? All-Atlantic title yeah. opens. I think the Ring of Honor ch- uh, Championship closes. And I think uh, they're going to want to do big entrances. So I'm going to go one hour, 18 minutes, and... 20 seconds for the women's... This is the time we're guessing, by the way, that the first women's theme hits. Yeah. I think it's going to be 10 minutes, the match, and they'll do some nonsense around Soraya, like you say, and then out comes Danielson yeah. and, and, and Jericho, because I don't think they're going to go super long for the main event, but who knows? Uh, what are your thoughts? Who wants to go next? I'm go I'll go next. I think that... Um, I'm trying to put my uh, mind into theirs. And I think they're probably thinking, well, you know, go put them in the death spot. Oh, it's tempting. But everybody wins by that, won't they? Yeah, but it's Canada. So they might be hot regardless of where we put them. So if you put them in the death spot, that'll probably be better for the ratings than the optics, let's face it. But, you know, these Canadians... Might make some noise, don't they? <laughs> chirp, 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 So let's just uh, do what we always do, yeah. One hour. I'm going to kick you in the ears. Mm. 19 minutes. <laughs> oh. I love it. I love the work. And respect, respect the whole 54 yeah. seconds suck my cack. Well. Oh. So I'm going to go with... In uh, tribu- say one hour seventeen, I'm gonna leap, leap across this table. Nah, in, no, in tribute, you'll do nothing. You'll do nothing. In tribute to, um, well, how can I phrase this? Governmental change that we enacted. Okay. What? And paying respect to the Sunday scaries. Yeah, the Sunday scaries. I'm gonna go. Am I your macho man? Yeah, the Sunday scaries. <laughs> a cup of coffee in the scaries, yeah. What was this? Let's not trivialise the Sunday scaries because I used to have a horrible time at one of my old jobs uh, where I actually experienced like Sunday dread like out the ass. Yeah, I We're not trivialising no, it. No, 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 Christ. We God. all have it at times. I used to stay up to 3am because I resented uh, how much of my evening was lost by the time I got home from work. <laughs> it was really terrible. <laughs> uh, dark time. 60 minutes is my tribute to the Sunday scaries. 60 minutes on the nose, right at the top of the hour. Oh, That is uh, the sh- Stupidest thing I've ever heard in my yeah, life. Gimmicking it so we can put ourselves over for talking about a situation at one point in the week. And then, uh, and yeah, basically a big mental health uh, like advocacy group have come together to talk about this pre-work stress thing. Just days removed from uh, us bringing it back mm. into the national conversation. We should not trivialise that I've had so many horrible Sunday nights that I yeah. can't even count. Scary. Yeah. We shouldn't trivialise it. <laughs> Two seconds later. <laughs> Sunday shout out to, shout out to uh, one of our listeners in particular. Hello, Mark Townsend of The Observer. Yeah. Hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. The thing is, you know what's particularly stupid about your prediction? Uh-huh is that the top of the hour mm. is obviously a prized rating slot 
on which a massive star appears to secure said rating for people who've just finished watching other content between eight and nine. Eight and nine? Hey, is there other channels on American TV? Imagine if we could watch Dynamite between 8 and 10 p.m. on a Wednesday. It'd be great. So between the hours of of 8 and 9, he's a top drawer. So you put Billy Gunn in there. Yeah. (laughs) What's on the uh, 757, 857 turnover? (laughs) Stupid times they've got on sometimes. Uh, Eastern Pacific (laughs) and Western. 857, 757 Central. Eight slash. It's a a colon, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you tell the time. Eight slash, 757 Country too goddamn big. Scaries. One Ooh, time. Yeah. I got the scaries. I got a Slim Jim. Can I have a Slim Jim, Mom? You couldn't have Slim Jims over here, could you? Yeah. Can I have a Slim Jim? Fruit shoot. Yeah. Slim yeah. Jim. No. We've got stupid names for our constituted We've got pe- Pepper Army, haven't we? Pepper Army. It's a bit of an animal. It's a bit of an animal. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been Randy Savage, could it? Oh, yeah. A bit of an animal. It's a bit of an animal. Don't look at Elizabeth. <laughs> He's a bad man, wasn't he? Lanny Poffo, it's a bit of an animal. Yeah, he's down to his ankles. That's his pepper army. He's down to his ankles. <laughs> he could do the, uh, the supersized. <laughs> the massive gym. Uh, the slim gym for Randy. <laughs> which might explain some of his really suspect psychological <laughs> behaviour. Because grew, growing up, he was next to Lanny. He <laughs> was like, massive gym. It just wouldn't work. Jumbo hot dog. It's a fucking hog. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, fine. There once was a boy from Nantucket <laughs> with a cock so big he could suck it. There's a I line I forget. <laughs> Something else. If his ear was a he could f*** it. <laughs> that was his poem. He never did that one with the Beverly Brothers, did he? No, he never did. <laughs> never, never put never that did. on the back of a frisbee. Never did. Here you go, kids. <laughs> right, uh, Billy Gunn versus <laughs> Swerve Strickland. Uh, Swerve Strickland needs to beat and bloody Billy Gunn. Yeah, me and Cedric were talking about this over desk in the office. I think Cedric nailed it with this idea that FTR make more sense as pay-per-view opponents for the acclaimed. Let's do it next week. Let's do, let's load up this. We know AEW are running scared from NXT, so let's load up this Tuesday Night Dynamite with John Moxley and Hangman Page in the main event and the two out of three falls decider Ooh. between the acclaimed and Swerve and our glory with Billy Gunn definitely out of the picture because Swerve put him there. Like, use this With match. a rock? Yeah, well, yes. He bloodies him up with a rock. Why not? Um, Max Caster needs a new rap because DX were nice. So that's like he had a bunch <laughs> of lies that he was ready to burn Triple H with that now he can't oh. do. Oh, what's this high ground I hear of? Um, so yeah, like, bloody Billy Gunn. Good heat angle. If we're talking about this idea where, like, baby faces get the wins that matter to kind of make you think that Brian will beat Jericho and he doesn't, this is where a heel. There's the shade for all the light is that, like, Swerve is particularly cruel to Billy Gunn this week. Absolutely. So you think it's going to be on uh, the Cincinnati Tuesday Night War Dynamite? Yes. And not... Only because they're taping on Thursday and I don't think they want the, result, <coughs> the results spoiled. I think the match is too big. I think yeah. they'd rather it as a, a top and tail in like a big Tuesday Dynamite with that tag match and the Moxley main event is a good, good card. Good card. Remember when Billy Gunn would appear on Dynamite before he got really over, and it was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like... Ugh. You turn up in Cardiff with the big show. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I never forget that, man. Never forget. And it's like, what on earth are you doing? It's, you know, it's good that you're in shape. I, I, that's what he's saying. I'll tell you one thing about Billy Gunn. He's in shape. Great shape. 
I still don't. It's very Cody Rhodes line, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he's in great shape. He's in great Hell shape. coach. He's, un- he's undeniable. <laughs> but now. That, that one fact is undeniable. You are correct, Cody. <laughs> Technically, you are absolutely correct. It's the letter of the law. <laughs> Why is he not allowed to do bodybuilding contests anymore? That is also undeniable. Uh, but this is going to be great because he's one of the most legitimately over guys in the company. Yeah. Not expecting five stars. Not expecting a particularly long match. I'm expecting a hot, brief, glorified angle that's going to raise the roof off Toronto. <laughs> what? Just trying to like... Do a Canadian accent. There's no vowels to play with there, was there? Toronto. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> <JD> McToronto. <laughs> uh, there's no vowels to play with. How do Canadians? Toronto. Because they're like, sorry. They're just like the words just spill out the mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Toronto. Toronto. The Toronto. The Toronto. <laughs> the Toronto. The Toronto. Coca Cola Coliseum. Actually, I really like Pepsi, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, as much as we love Billy Gunn, he's he's not in for a good time tonight. And uh, Swerve, quite, I mean, the, the road to is he's co- completely within his rights. He's like, well, it was a three on two. You literally attacked me and cost me the tag titles. Yeah. So he's he's an element of vindication tonight, but it's not going to be pretty. Uh, and I think you're right to set up the. I think they're maybe going to. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to take it to the pape because I don't think they've got, like you say, it's huge list of matches and a two out of three falls match between these two teams makes a lot of sense. Um, and Keith Lee hasn't officially turned heel, has he? Swerve's the bad guy, and Keith's just sort of there for the time being. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if they open the Cincinnati Dynamite with this, um, it's good because they can just start it quick near fall, a uh, quick fall, and then do the break. When did it happen specifically? When they started doing picture and picture and picture in the first match of Dynamite, I don't remember like the it. interrupted, I don't uninterrupted like that. opening banger. No promos, no breaks, no slowdown. You had 15 minutes of a totally class match yeah. uninterrupted. I missed the feeling of seeing a pay per view quality match, paper, no televised restrictions. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, I didn't really feel bad when he got them because it's like, all right, I've had my fun now. When did that stop, and why can't it come back? Very quickly, do you think tonight we do something with Mox and Page? To set up? Well, certainly. Just like a... Certainly. They a need to beat the NXT. <laughs> 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 they want a good number. They do. They That's do. why they're doing this match. I'm not being funny. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous, because the, the stakes are nowhere near what they were during the actual Wednesday Night War, when, let's not forget, when we're talking about Pepe H, and he's <laughs> bringing back his favourite guys, and he's such a swell fella. <laughs> The guy's a cock. Yeah. You wanted to, well, I think it was Vince. But we've got it. It's uh, Birdsville fella. Um, he wanted to put AEW out of business. Mm. They wanted to make their presence on television, which is fundamental to their success. They wanted to minimize their profile, their reach, truncate their ratings, and, make, and just kill it in the bud before it blossomed. Mm. That's what they wanted to do. So the optics, it's not as severe as that. AEW will just be fine. But it'll be embarrassing if it comes anywhere close. Yeah. If it comes anywhere close, it'll be embarrassing. So he's going to load that card about the years. And maybe some sort of... I just want I'm not Moxie on the mic, basically, tonight. I think that might be, you know, the um, sort of pandemic era, somewhere backstage, Moxley just absolutely like melts the screen with this incredible promo that's a one-take deal. 
Yeah. Just, so like something like that. It's typically where it would be like an interview interruption. Instead, it's John Moxley holding the belt and screaming down the lens at you at Hangman Page. Because oh. last week's words were so powerful that he's, he seems to have them like whenever's needed. It's, it always goes back to that. John Moxley is the answer. John Moxley is the, like, the, solves any problem you've got. Can just be that. Probably more Moxley than Page. Uh, well, well, let us know your thoughts ahead of Dynamite tonight. Uh, of course, the first international Dynamite is in Canada. So remember... This is not about diplomacy. This is about dignity. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter at WWE. Well, so you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, our NXT review is available right now. And our review of this show will drop into your feed tomorrow if you subscribe right now. But for now, this has been the AW Dynamite Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even on a budget... Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 